This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au, a proud Joy sponsor for over five years. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? Family Matters. This is Family Matters on Joy 94.9, your light hearted look at the rainbow families. I'm Beck and I am here with Gina. Hello. How are you? Oh my goodness, we might confuse people because we were on breakfast yesterday. Now it's night time. Now it's night time, this whole day-night thing. I know that's hard for little children, little babies, adapting them. Correct. To... Well, I Actually, I've got to tell you, I'm after getting adapting. up early yesterday to do the breakfast show, I was like a little baby. I, I don't know how they do it. I was I, having huge tantrums. I have a new respect for breakfast, uh, our breakfast teams because that was really hard getting up. I mean, it was going to be a hard day anyway to get up, but... That was super hard. Yeah. And I'm never going to do that again. So that was the one and only Family Matters breakfast show. And also joining us tonight as our special guest host is the birthday boy, Clayton. <laughs> How did you know? I know. <laughs> Clayton is 23 plus 17. I am. I am hitting the big 4-0. Big 4 I'm joining Gina. Well, <laughs> welcome. I just hid. I didn't celebrate it at all. Uh, I'm celebrating a little bit. When yeah. I'm as old as you two in a hundred years, <laughs> I'll celebrate it. Um, that's, if, that's why you're a lawyer, not a mathematician. <laughs> we need to work on our numeracy skills. I know you guys were talking about how literally everyone at the State Library yesterday was sitting there going, they've just said seven, and everyone, how much is that? I like, know. You like, could you just see all these people like counting seven million in their head. Um, if you want to join us tonight, you can SMS us on 0427JOY949, email us on air at joy.org.au on the Twitter, the Twitters, Family Matters 94, Facebook.com forward slash Family Matters on Joy. We are everywhere. We're everywhere and we are going to give you a a hint. This next song is going to give you a hint to the topic we are looking at tonight. Ooh, mysterious. Mysterious. I wonder what it could be behind door number one. You're listening to Family Matters on Joy (laughs) 94.9. You are listening to Family Matters on Joy 94.9 with Beck, Gina and the birthday boy, Clayton. Happy birthday to you. Okay, that's enough. That Um, That was terrifying. Wasn't it just? (laughs) Historical Um, moment, though. That was a historical moment. I thought you were talking about us. Yeah, Yeah, that will never happen. Um, Shirley Bassey was just talking about history, and yesterday was a historical day, and will go down, I think, as one of those days where you have people say, Where were you when such and such happened? Gina, where were you when such and such happened? I left Joyce Studio quarter past nine after our fabulous breakfast show. I can't believe we pulled that off. Um, and ran down to the State Library with uh, Dave, um, Alan from Outtakes, and then it was just kind of the three of us and you, we just ran into everyone. So I was at the State Library 
like a lot of the crowd freaking out for those three minutes, mm. waiting for that. It was it was a deathly silence. I'll never forget that in those three minutes and the angst. It was actually four. Was I it read four minutes. He went for it felt like five hundred ninety six words in four minutes. It was exhausting, and I will never forget that moment of seeing my friends in tears, feeling them shivering in my arms. Um, I will always remember that. So that's where I was during the And what the did you see when you looked around? Was that elation, relief? When when the announcement, when we were waiting for it, we weren't looking anywhere other than the, um, <laughs> well, the ABC app because we couldn't hear the crackle coming uh. from the speakers. And all I can remember was seeing tears in my friend's eyes and then we realised what happened and everyone was just, you know, we were just hugging random strangers and we're jumping in the air. And, you know, I just remember a lot of people crying and a lot of people j- just grabbing everyone and, and hugging and it was beautiful. And yeah, that's, that's amazing. For me, I'll just, yeah, I'm still a bit traumatised from it. I, it still hasn't hit in. I felt very numb all day, um, still feel a bit numb and still can just, you know, feel my friend shaking in my arms. Yeah. Um, that won't leave me for a very long time and and maybe it shouldn't maybe yeah well that's right maybe that's the the moment yeah where were you Beck? um so we obviously did breakfast here and then i went back to work and i had this really cute moment as i was coming up in the lift to work this old kind of big you know dirty tradie got on the (laughs) lift and it was just he and i and he was looking at my yes badges and i thought oh god and he goes how good is it we're gonna have yes soon and just got out and i was like oh god is this before the announcement yeah before and i was like god bless you tradie from level 10 um so that was really nice and then in my office we um our tv at work stopped working yesterday of course so we're all crowded around my um because sally nichols law firm big supporter lgbt community absolutely my my law firm is very big on that so we were all very into it um so we were sort of crowded around this community computer in my office there was about 15 people in my office and the thing kept freezing and so we're all just like and then everyone was yelling at each other like refresh no don't refresh you know anyway so um so then the announcement came we're all so excited and and there's um a guy who started working with us who's gay and wasn't out at his last firm and so obviously coming to our firm where (laughs) it's campers yeah it's campers (laughs) are all tense um so for him he was really emotional about being in a workplace where people um, were so supportive of him. So yeah. that was really nice. And um, my PA, her son's gay, and she burst into tears and she's like, I'm going to be a mother of a groom. <laughs> and I thought even even for her, you know, that was a really nice moment that her son, yeah. you know, can get married. And then she proceeded to call him and tell him he had to hurry up and get married. It, and I it, like, does he have a boyfriend? Is he like no, of a legal age no, that he can even get married? He's legal age. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I was and, thinking he's eight or something. But I thought, oh, God, you know what? Like as a straight single person in my 30s, People are constantly harassing me about when I'm going to find someone to get married. And so now it's just, you know. Pressure's on for the rest of us. Pressure's on for the rest of you. Clayton, you are a primary school teacher. Where were you for the uh, outcome? (laughs) Well, I was not at school. I I was at a training on respectful relationships, which is the anti-family violence program that the Department of Education is running in conjunction with the state government. Um, Yes, so that was great. But I did go up to the trainer who is gay himself and said, "Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be on my phone between about (laughs) 10 and 
10 past 10 just to, you know, he's like, yeah, no, it's all good, don't worry. Uh, and, but, and was that in that sort of setting, did, did people realise what was going on and kind of stop? They actually um, chucked in a trigger warning at the beginning saying good. that, you know, there may be, you know, during the day this is going to happen, so let's be aware of that. And I was very obviously on my phone, had no qualms about that at all and just going, did it. and then when it, I got the results as a little meme from someone, I just sort of showed it to people around me. <laughs> and then the presenter stopped and went, what was the results? Oh. <laughs> so it was all, it was a great space to receive it in. Although I would have yeah. loved to have been with my kids who would have been doing the whole, let's keep checking. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and then they posted on this Edmodo thing, which is a, a Facebook for kids at school. Yeah. So, and I, so I didn't have to do anything. They did Fantastic. it all themselves. So that's gorgeous. The other thing I just wanted to say is last night I went down um, just for a very short amount of time because I'm old and tired yes, to the I party am. down at Trades Hall <laughs> and the street party. And I just have never felt such a happy atmosphere yeah. in my life. Like there was something really special about that I, moment. I because I snuck in as well, and because mm, it got to a snuck point. In, Gina, know. as you know, I did oh, not line up. I snuck in the fence because they did stop <laughs> everyone from letting. They were at full capacity, and we're talking. They had closed down Ligon Street and were letting people in. And I snuck in, and as I was kind of looking to meet up with people, I ran into Georgia, who we've interviewed here, Mm. who's a 21-year-old child of a lesbian couple um, and has a gay dad as a donor. And we'd interviewed her again during Mm. this campaign to see how she was feeling. And we just ran over and hugged. Like, it was just that moment. And we're both like, oh, my God, your dad and your mums can get married. How cool is that? You were then like, tackled by security because you snuck in. But well, still, yeah. no, thankfully they didn't. I'm so short. Nobody knows. I think that's what yeah. I did too. I was it's like, kind of oh, like, yeah, I don't exist. Um, but there was just, there was something in the air there. And then yeah. I, I walked home from there. Don't tell my mum I walked in the dark. But <laughs> people on the streets were just, you know, like people were kind of smiling. Yeah. And it was this really, really beautiful atmosphere. Well, I've continued wearing my Yes badge um, today and people are still kind of coming up everyone just expected I'd have a sore head and drank too much and I was like no I kind of quickly went to trades hall to do some joy stuff because you know we needed to do some outside broadcasting but then I ran home to my partner that's where I I needed to be um so that's you know I wasn't yeah I I just needed to sleep none of us slept really the night before yeah and um yeah so November 15th 2017 I think will be mar- be a day marked in history that everyone will be sort of remembering where they were and we'd love to know where you were yesterday when you heard the announcement please message in on 0427joy949 email us on air at joy.org.au we already have a message oh. me a bit of Giving you a bit of shtick. <laughs> Wait, what? No Rose Troche. What will Gina do this hour? Now, Rose Troche was an American um, filmmaker, producer. Um, led- she's not dead. Le- she is. <laughs> <laughs> Claim such a teacher. She's picking up oh on my, my grammar. God. Yeah. You're going to be in detention soon. Is. Uh, yeah, not was. She, well, she was on our show yesterday morning. Okay. Um, and kind of giving us a bit of an American perspective, telling us that the world didn't end. Yeah. Um, but Gina was fangirling something totally. sick. So it was totally. great. You know what I have to just say? What I loved, the most thing I loved about Rose is she said to, you know, the queer community 
take marriage as your own. Like, yes. don't feel like when you're getting married, you have to, com- you know, conform to this sort of heteronormative yeah. idea of how weddings work and those sorts of things. She said, just keep it your own. Don't, you know. And I really liked that. I, I love that perspective because it's kind of like it happened, but it doesn't change a lot of bad perspectives out there. Mm. And why would we go mimic something that has excluded us for so long? We are masters of making our own community and masters of making our own family. So why, if we're going to embrace this not do it our way and and ways that really represent our relationship since she was gorgeous at kind yeah. of articulating that message. Um, but speaking of messages, um, yes, don't forget to let us know where you were yesterday uh, during the announcement on 0427 Joint 949 and we'll be back in a sec. You are listening to Family Matters on Joy 94.9. That was One Direction. That was a special request. That was yours. It was for my Dave. Because he's not here and I miss him. Don't anyone tell him I said that. (laughs) Um, We have a special guest joining us tonight. We're going to learn all about the history. We've got Nick from the Australian Lesbian and Gay Archives. Welcome to the studio, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we've all talked about where we were yesterday during the announcement and how our day was. What about you? How was your day yesterday? Oh, well, it was a pretty good day. I, I also uh, was at the State Library. Um, so I was rushing to get there. Um, I had a friend who was there who was saying, oh, look, I don't think you'll make it in time. And I was coming up out of Central Station and... I guess I spend quite a bit of time online and, and engaged with what people are, you know, posting about and yeah. about the movement. And I, I guess I hadn't really personalised it very much and I was coming up out of the, the escalators and I was getting quite teary and quite emotional as I was coming up, not really f- yeah. knowing what it was going to happen. And then you just come out, you know, you're coming up the escalators and you're coming out and then suddenly there's the State Library with, like, thousands yeah. and thousands of people and the atmosphere was just electric. Yeah. And so went up there, could hardly fit in anywhere and just went up and found found my friend and we just kind of stood up the back and bumping into friends and colleagues and and just seeing so many people and the, this amazing press of of um of our queer community and queer family and uh yeah similarly listening trying to hear that crackle oh, uh of, yeah. that was not really coming through of the announcement and then yeah Elation. Elation, you know, all of the glitter going off and <laughs> everything in the air. So, yeah, Did they play nice. good music? I can't, you know what? I actually can't remember. Because remember we talked about in the morning what songs we, we could play for uh, for the announcement. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll have to there look. are moments that I really can't. Well, it's probably all a blur. It was, it's still a bit of a blur. And I have it was a feeling so it was We Are Family, perhaps. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it could have been. If it's not, it let's just been. tell people it I was. So. I just remember being grabbed at one stage by someone and you know when somebody ru- rushes you so quickly you don't realise who is hugging you and screaming in your ear and they were holding on pretty tight and screaming. I'm like, do I know this person? Do I not know this person? Uh, do I hug back? So I just hug back because I'm a hugger. I was going to say it probably didn't matter. Didn't, you know? Well, and then they released and I realised it's one of my colleagues who's an ally who had been rushing just trying to find me, just to scream and hug me. And it was, that was beautiful. Like I was like, oh, thank God I know you. That was a long hug. <laughs> yeah. That was a long uh, hug. It's awkward otherwise. It, was, it would have been a little bit awkward. Apparently the song they played was Celebration. Celebration? Yes. Yeah. Just had that messaged in. Oh, lovely. Highly appropriate. Thank mm. you, message. And if you would like to let us know what you, where you were at uh, 10 o'clock yesterday. Oh, or 10.04. 10.04, exactly. And they made a bad joke. Anyway, message in on 0427JOY949. Now, we are looking at all things history. We are. Now, history. Nick, for those people that don't know, what are the Australian Lesbian and Gay Archives? They should. 
Oh, they should. Well, they might not. But, you know, look, our profile isn't isn't that large. Um, Look, we're, uh, as with many community organisations, we're all volunteer-run. We were set up in 1978. Um, We collect material relating to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, brother-boy, sister-girl life in Australia. Um, We have half a kilometre of material. Wow. A couple of hundred thousand items. um, And, you know, incredibly diverse. Uh, We're principally a research organisation, so we support researchers, community organisations, publishers, documentary filmmakers. I know a lot of filmmakers that hit you guys, not hit you guys, but... (laughs) Sometimes it feels like that. (laughs) It feels like that. I know. And I just feel like uh, I hope they're donating or also helping (laughs) kind of take photos and digitise things because a lot of their films and a lot of their work is made from the resources that you guys collect. Yeah, look, you know, it's amazing getting material out there and getting it in, um, particularly getting it into into films, into documentaries. Uh, You know, for a lot of people, they're not, they don't have the time to spend uh, reading through old issues of the Star Observer or, you know, Capital Q. So uh, part of getting that information out there is is doing that public history, is doing exhibitions, uh, it's uh, doing podcasts, um, it's, uh, you know, putting stuff online and, and getting the material out there as much as possible. History walk tours. I have done a couple now. They're usually on at midsummer. Firstly, I want you guys doing more of them because <laughs> they are so much fun. I've done Fitzroy. I've done... Um, there was another one that was kind of Fitzroy but the other end, East Melbourne which was amazing because you walk the streets. Have, has anyone here done the history walk? No. Oh, my God, I love them. Because you do, it is a gay day out and, you know, I, I know people are probably looking at us as we're kind of walking through and you always <laughs> see, like, random strangers wanting to join the tour and then go, oh, that's what you're talking about. That's a that's a house that, you know, gay men did things in back in, back in the old day and then you see those tourists that should kind of leave. But these are the places that, you know, we... we are in now and we have no idea about the rich histories. So it's a gay ghost tour. Kind of. I'm probably not describing <laughs> oh, look, it well, I Nick. think there's also some living history in there. <laughs> yeah, okay, so <laughs> But one of, the, one of the wonderful things about doing those tours yeah. uh, is that usually we get people along who add more material. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll be going along and we'll be, you know, walking through the city and people, you know, we'll be talking about a, you know, uh, somewhere where Society Five used to meet and people go, oh, you know, I used, to, I used to go there and this was my experience. Or, you know, being in East Melbourne and, you know, talking about different places that people used to live in private parties. And yeah. similarly, people just offering up information and it always adds to and part of that is that the i guess the richness of our history is so much a, a is a written oh, sorry is a oral history you know we we tell that to each other um but often it hasn't been written down so mm. yeah no pun intended no pun intended <laughs> now i'm i'm an advocate of you know while we need to have safe sex uh gay safe sex taught in schools i reckon we need to have lgbt history taught in schools because i've been quizzing my peers recently and i kind of say to them okay list a you know some you know history you know LGBT history, Mardi Gras comes up, Stonewall comes up, and then they run a bit dry. Before we do do dive into some of our own history, because that's what we're going to do tonight, we are actually going to look at some of our history. Clayton, you've put a little quiz together. I have. I have a feeling Nick will guess all the answers, but let Beck and I have a go. Uh, Look, and I I know that you were doing some study before we um, came on air, so I don't think Beck was, so let's just ask Beck. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a question before we start? Um, You know, like if you're doing an exam at uni and if you have trouble writing or reading, whatever, you can get some special consideration. (laughs) Can I get special straight consideration? Oh, hell no. Okay, no, (laughs) sure. (laughs) 
hey, yes. you were nominated for Ally of the Year. We expect you to be all across this. That didn't come with a quiz, mate. Yeah, well. Well, mm. it should have. It should have. Next year. It's probably why I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sit the quiz. Correct. Uh, but first of all, I need to give out a detention um, <gasps> Ooh, for uh, not... not you know, for Beck. Oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds about What's right. she been doing now? I believe Smoking she was, uh, the sheds? Yeah, was snogging uh, <gasps> Dave's date behind the sheds. Oh, yeah, that sounds like Yeah, that yeah. actually, do, would, you, would you ever get into those sort of detentions? Your principal was the your father. Um, Yeah, and I got sent to my dad's office on more than one occasion. <laughs> do you think he was happy about that? Oh, was snogging Mr. involved at any point? Dull. No, sadly not. It was usually just talking when I shouldn't have been talking. Oh. Um, so you're basically, in it, every hour you were sent to your dad's office correct. then? Correct. Yeah. And it was nothing, and everyone thought it was hilarious when I'd get sent to my dad's office, <laughs> like, and then he, when we got home that night, it was not hilarious, because oh. I'd, you know, shamed him and whatnot. Anyway, this is not about well, me. hello, Mr. Dahl, and happy birthday, and Dahl. Oh, yes. A avid listener of she Family is. Matters. Uh, when's your mum's birthday? Well, it's actually not till December. We had a failed oh. surprise party oh. last week for her. My dad accidentally invited her. <laughs> That's another show in itself, can I tell you? Next week. On Family Matters. Now, Clayton, <laughs> let's see how much so, history let, let, we no. actually know. I should have brought my buzzers in. I do have I buzzers. I and I'm looking for sound effects, but I'm a bit slick. Can we have our so. own buzzer? Like, yeah. you can come up with a word? Yeah, go ahead. What are you going to have back? Um, Kylie. Okay. Like Minogue. You got, you, do you want a buzzer? I'll be Rose. No, I was thinking you might. What's, what's your buzzer? Oh, I mean, we want a bit of a delayed buzzer on you because you should know all these answers. You, you can turn his mic off whenever you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forget technology. Yeah. That old chestnut. Do you want a buzzer? Uh, how about Jamie? Jamie, okay. Oh. Which Jamie? Why? Jamie Gardner. Oh, okay. We're going to learn about Jamie mm-hmm. Gardner later. I feel sure. that's important. Uh, okay. Signpost that one. So my first question is, what year was homosexuality first decriminalised in Australia and which state? <gasps> Kylie, I know what state it was because it was South Australia. They yes, are my was. people. They are very progressive. Oh. I want to say, oh, I don't want to get this wrong, like the 60s? No. Okay. Be- um, no, you're not Becky Hall. <laughs> Gina, would you like to have a go? Um, you can throw in now if you like. I'm They've thinking it's the late 70s. Am I getting that completely I wouldn't say wrong? late. Late, early 70s. I wouldn't say early. Mid-1975. <laughs> it was 1975. <laughs> Could not have got more mid than that. Point. <laughs> was it when um, John Gina. Dunstan was the Premier? I don't know that much. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Oh, this is why we have Nick. In, I mean, certainly he created that environment that yeah. allowed it to happen, but his Attorney General, I guess, was the, the driving force behind that. I um, do love a Premier that wears a safari suit. And pink shorts. Mm, it's not enough of that. Anyway. So, so 1975... First 1975, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Go so up until that point, Australia. it was criminalised throughout Australia and it took a little while. So my next question is, what year did Tasmania, the last state, decriminalise same-sex marriage? Well, yes, Rose, we know you know Nick. Rose, Rose. <laughs> yeah, Nick, it doesn't work on radio when you put your hand up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to <laughs> jump in with my sweet. buzzer so yeah. quickly. I think I remember this because I was young enough to remember the hate campaign and the Paul Rodney... I think he walked into with his partner into a police station at the time. That's what kind of triggered it off, I think, and almost challenged them, say, arrest me. I, th- I think they said we've been doing homosexual acts, so they actually turned themselves into the um, police station to challenge the law, and I think it was 1994. Correct. <gasps> yes. You know what? Well, that's no, I'm not yesing that. That was 1990- that was. So it makes 22 years between yeah. the first and last states. 
I just can't believe that that was in my lifetime. Like, yeah. it just doesn't, it blows my mind. Yeah, and it, it's a very strong part of my memory. Mm. In 1994, yeah. I was... I was 17, I was so you would school. have been, yeah, 16, yeah. 17, yeah. turning on then. So it's definitely ingrained in my memory. Mm. And I believe it was actually um, a very, very strong suggestion from the United Nations. Like it was, oh. it actually came through from them. I think you might better correct me. It did in 1997. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 it did end up going up to the UN, uh, HRC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Tunin v Australia case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. New stuff. And oh, that's where I was supposed to be we, the teacher. We we <laughs> are going to come back to this in just a sec. You're listening to Family Matters on Joy 94.9 with Beck, Gina, and Mr. Clayton, the main teacher. And we've got a lovely guest, Nick from the Gay and Lesbian Archives here. Now, I just got a point. So, so far, I'm a point and a half. Beck is half a point. Nick is trailing so far behind on our history quiz. But you're going to earn some points now because we were just asked the question. And, Clayton, do you want to go back on that question? So the question was, when was homosexuality decriminalised in Tasmania? And Gina gave the correct answer of... 1994, when the very courageous Rodney Croom and his partner walked into a police station to confess that they were doing homosexual acts to challenge the law at the time. Now, Nick, can you give us a bit more context? Because it started a long time before that, that they were kind of active, you know challenging these laws. Yeah, look, the the campaign in Tasmania had been going since the late 70s um, and there'd been various attempts to... uh, and close attempts to to try and change that law. Um, But it was a very conservative government at the time. Um, And you had, I guess, uh, the Tasmanian Gay and Lesbian Law Reform uh, Group who were trying to, uh, I guess, you know, affect change. And one of the things that they were doing was having a stall in Salamanca Markets. Which I've been to and... Oh, I don't know. I've read it. You like some pies or something? Mm, there, the scallop pies. Anyway, anyway, moving right on. But at, at a certain point, um, they were, I guess, Hobart Town Council said, uh, you, you know, you're not allowed to um, do this, and if you come, you'll get arrested. And they basically told the police that they they you know arrest these people, and they kept on arresting people. Oh, and wow. kept on, You know, so it was uh, essentially it was called the Battle of Salamanca Markets, and um, you know, it was uh, I guess a campaign of civil disobedience, one of I guess the largest in in a. Australia's history, um, and particularly in queer history, uh, what it, all of those charges ended up getting thrown out of court because yeah. uh, the council couldn't actually direct the police to arrest anybody. So, yeah. And they weren't kissing, they weren't doing anything offensive, they weren't breaking any laws, they were just giving out information about... That's correct. So there wasn't any demonstrations or anything in terms of, you know, how to do, how to guides or... How does it feel looking at this, Clayton? I know for me this is in my lifetime Mm. and it is something I remember just even looking at how recent that was. It just... uh, Well, yeah, it was the year before I'd started uni. So to me that is recent, even though it's really not. Um, So it's just... How could that be the case in a country yeah. like Australia? Yeah. Although they wouldn't just have a vote on something, so yeah. I guess oh, it yeah, makes that, more sense in context. Yeah. 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 All right. What's the next question? Yeah, next question. So the next question is: What anniversary for Mardi Gras is coming up next year? Uh, Kylie, fifty. <gasps> no, David no. Macker would say something to you about that. Jamie, <gasps> yeah. 40. Correct. Yes. Oh, that's close. Sorry, trying to, try to get on the leaderboard. Now. Do you think Kylie Minogue will sing at the? Oh, I'm a bit over. Uh, <laughs> Before we do move on Clayton to the next just got question, out of the game, I a lot of people I quizzed on Mardi Gras kind of just think it's a party. It's always been a party. Mm. 
It's not always been a party. Um, and it kind of started, I mean, I've got a tiny timeline, but Nick, you and I were talking about this outside, so I'd love you to elaborate where I'm going to miss everything. But on Saturday, June 24th at about 10am, we know there was about 500 people that marched in Sydney to the town hall to Martin Place. Um, at about 10pm that, um, basically a small car- crowd were kind of still there, but by 11 11- PM, I think that crowd had grown to about 2,000 and that's when the police kind of stepped in at that stage to shut down what was becoming a protest. Now, I the reports I've seen, people were just kind of like singing really cool kind of songs like Ode to the Gym Teacher and all this sort of stuff. That That's what I've heard about this time. But basically, people were arrested... I think it was about 53 people were charged and it was the slow stuff that happened after that. People's names were put in and occupations put in papers. People lost jobs. So it was... But it started from more than this. Nick, can you can you help explain really what this 40-year anniversary, what it really started from? Sure. Well, look, I guess the first um, Mardi Gras wasn't initially part of what was the Day of International Gay Solidarity. There'd been a letter from the Gay Freedom Day Committee in San Francisco uh, to local activists um, and they got together uh, a, a number of different groups and they, they formed a, a new group called the Gay Solidarity Group who were uh, organising to put on the day's events. At, when In their first kind of idea of what they were going to be doing, there was going to be a morning march, which was kind of a, a regular thing um, but certainly it was going to be a bigger one than has been had been previous to that um, and then there was going to be some talks some information talks which were done up at Paddington Town Hall um, a bit later in the piece uh, was this idea of doing a street party. So up until then, most protests had been day marches, uh, but for many people who weren't ready often to, to be out in public, uh, to have their face possibly yeah. in the media yeah. and photographed, um, this was a new thing. So they were, you know, as they, they formed up in Taylor Square and they, they moved on down the street, they got a, they got a, a police uh, permit to do this as well. Yes, I, rem- I remember reading this. They, they were authorised to be there, to be, to be doing this. Yeah, so they did, they did that from Taylor Square down to Hyde Park where they were going to have some people talking, um, reading out uh, uh, you know, comments from people who couldn't make it and as they were going down they were saying out of the bars and into the streets. Um, you know, there was a, a truck up the front with a sound system and, and they were moving down. As they were moving down the police started um, kind of trying to rush them along and hassling them. Um, when they got down to Hyde Park they moved the, the truck up kind of onto the, the sidewalk and the police were basically trying to wrestle Lance Gowland who'd been driving it and who was one of the was really a key organizer trying to pull him out and and um so that kind of at that you know they said some things on the on the truck and then they were like oh up to the cross so they they headed up to the cross and uh, they were gathering people from the bars and yeah. as they went along and as they got up there the cross is really in many ways the the, the home of the queer community in sydney um in an in a earlier form prior to oxford street so by this time the spectators had, had grown to about two thousand people and uh, they got there and they were basically starting to disperse and the police uh, drove trucks, uh, drove the paddy wagons in, blocked them in, blocked all the side streets um, and, you know, they started, you know, grabbing people, throwing them into the vans, uh, hauling people off, you know, pulling them quite violently. Um, a lot of the lesbians uh, in particular uh, started fighting back. And yeah, started, they're um, my sisters. They are indeed. You would have fought, Gina. Oh, I'm little, but yes. 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 And, you know, 
throwing, uh, you know, throwing garbage bins and other things, and you know, you know, really trying to get people out of those vans. But you know, they were quite violent. They the police uh, took people to Darlinghurst Police Station, where they bashed a number of the people who were arrested in the cells. Um, people gathered out the front. And they could hear people screaming. Uh, inside, so it wasn't. We're talking, you know, it was police violence. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think one of the things that people often, you know, uh, don't realise, you know, it was the police who who were violent in this situation, mm. and and uh, you know, the community was responding to that. And another big culprit, um, a major culprit, was the Sydney Morning Herald who published names and occupations and addresses. Yeah, of and these that wasn't people. very common at the time. Certainly, if you look for a number of other offences, so that you know, for many of these people who weren't out at work, yeah. um, there, w- there wasn't anti-discrimination provisions. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we take for granted uh, that I might add, the conservative mm. parts of the Liberal Party want to roll back now yes, with the exactly. marriage legislation, um, but. You know, those protections weren't there. So people lost their jobs. Um, you know, people, some, some people actually lost their homes yeah. mm. uh, because, you know, people's names were there and their, you know, their landlords saw and, and they were thrown out. And they were, that was actually published multiple times uh, during the course of the yeah. case. So all up uh, from the first one, uh, the first kind of uh, arrests that night, there was 53. Because there were more marches and then marches spilled into Melbourne as well. Very much so. Yeah. And in Sydney, uh, over 170 people were arrested all up. Yeah, what an um, interesting juxtaposition to yesterday. You know, like when I was, you know, talking about that beautiful street party that was on yesterday, like I just think it's such an interesting, you know, like how awful that people had to experience that from the police too, you know. And now we're, we're, um, you know, it's there's so much more to be done, but it's just a really interesting time to be reflecting on that. And I think that one of the things that we don't realise is just how successful the movement's been. Mm. To go from a situation where marriage wasn't even on the cards, albeit that, you know, (laughs) that's not the end point by any means, but certainly to shift public opinion uh, now. If you, for example, if you saw the opinion polls at the time about whether homosexuality should be decriminalised and they certainly weren't very favourable and to get to that point now is is a Mm. huge shift. And if you look at similar movements, if you look at, say, the Black Power Movement, Women's Liberation that were around at the time. In many ways, the, the the gay liberation movement, in its broadest sense, has been more successful than any of them. Mm. Wow! See, and that's why we get to love our seventy eight is David Macker yeah. on on Sat Mag, um, who was was reading the announcement yesterday and. And for me, knowing that Macca was here doing that, I just thought, I don't know how he did it. No. Um, I don't know how he was there because he carries a bigger history um, that has seen and felt things that I couldn't imagine how I would have lived mm. through that. I'd also push it back a bit, though, because while often, you know, people do think about uh, Mardi Gras and kind of often think about that, about that event in, mm. in, as a kind of stonewall event for Australia, at that stage the movement was almost 10 years old. Um, so... You can go back to 1973. There was a National Gay Pride Week that was celebrated. 17 people were arrested then. The first gay rights organisation was set up in, um, in 1969 in July, so very soon after Stonewall, the Homosexual Law Reform Society uh, in Canberra. So, you know, we're looking that uh, in 2019, that's the, the 50th anniversary of the movement. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of things that were going on before Mardi Gras and it's important to kind of, I guess, put the Mardi Gras into context of it coming out of something. Now, we're just going to jump to a quick ad and then we'll straight back. Join 94.9 Family Matters with Beck, Gina, Clayton and Nick from the Lesbian and Gay Archives. I'm loving tonight. I love learning. I love quizzes and learning stuff. I know. We're so smart. What's the score so far? 
think I'm winning by <laughs> quite a margin. I, I think you've got the most wrong. Yeah. Well, it depends Becca, on you're trying to point. win, Clayton. Mm-hmm. Me on one and a half. Nick came in on the last question, one point. So, yeah. I got... Bringing up the rear. Ooh, oh, mm. Perfect. Hello. Perfect. <laughs> so, on Clayton, the, ne- on the next question, <laughs> I'd like to go a little more local. Oh. So, and what year and month... Was the tasty raid? Rose, 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 rose. Oh, not the Helen. first time Gina said okay, that. We weren't looking for you to orgasm, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> so I know this year because I should have been there that night and thankfully Ooh. was not. Um, 1994. That is correct. Can and you explain to my little straight brain what this is? Okay. So, well, firstly, Tasty was a nightclub and the reason I remember this is because I was underage at the time and I was very thankful the next day when I learnt in the papers, not in the Twitters, not in the socials, we didn't have the internet then, um, what had undertaken where the police raided the club. Um, and for me, n- knowing I was underage and I could have been in that place mm-hmm. and I wasn't, and by stroke of fate, sliding doors moment, I ended up somewhere else. I'm very... Th- like that... And, and I was talking to Nick later, like earlier about this event and it was kind of for me the ripple effect of what happened with the police at, at Tasty Raid and there wasn't a, a subsequent apology. But for me it was the ripple effect of police then not coming near our venues and it just led to, I know, me feeling unsafe in venues because the police kind of disappeared after really, I don't want to swear, but... Stuffing up that night. So what happened? Did yeah. they? Nick, Nick, can you help? Well, you, I'll yeah. give you a point. I'll give I, you my point. If you, <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd mention because you know it was quite um, a significant event. You know, it wasn't just a normal raid. Um, what they did do was essentially close off the exits and publicly strip yeah. search people in front of each other. And four hundred and sixty-three um, patrons and staff were strip yeah. searched that evening. So, you know, this wasn't a normal event. Um, they had people up against the walls, just very much in public, uh, in, with what they were doing. Um, they had to bring female officers, so that got delayed because there weren't enough female officers for the female patrons as well. And what were they allegedly looking for? Drugs or drugs? Yeah, allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly. Drugs. Yeah. yeah, I use that term because I suspect there was a lot of allegedly. Absolutely, and you know, I guess the outcry at that case um, did lead to a very public trial at the time mm. um, and a very public payout from the police um, to uh, those people who were there. And so then was that the experience then, Jonah, that police wouldn't go? I remember always there was a police presence when I would go out. And and I know, yes, okay, I was underage, but there was n- there was no minus 18. There, were no, there was nothing to be amongst your people at that time. Mm. So if I wanted to – and I was never a drinker. I've never been much of a drinker. But even then I knew I was young to be out. Mm. So I actually never drank because I knew that was like breaking m- multiple rules. But there was nowhere to meet other gay people other than a bookstore, one bookstore, Hairs and High, and has God bless them during the day. Or you'd go and play pool at, at night um, and meet people. I, it was so isolating growing up in the suburbs. That was the only option I had. Or wait, you know, 12 months for midsummer. Um, there was always a lot of police. This happened. There was no police. And that's when I know for myself and and for my friends, we experienced quite a bit of harassment on the streets Mm. because there was no police presence. And that's when my friends got attacked and would be harassed. Um, You know, we're in dark, you know, little kind of hidden places. It was a very unsafe time. And for me, that was the ripple effect I remember feeling really unsafe. Um, Just going to be amongst people like myself, just 
to make friends. If you're finding this difficult to imagine, go out and get or whatever you have to go out these days and watch the film head on. I think it's not exactly the same period, but it has so many of those similar themes running throughout it. Yeah. And just that lack of exposure to the community and unsafe and, yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to kind of, you know, now because of the socials and all this kind of stuff we feel, I don't know, it, it is a different feeling and there, there was nothing to be young in, in that period. I'd like the young people to sit down right now. We didn't really have the internet then. No. It was around-ish, but not really. There were no mm. mobile phones, and that's yeah. the thing. You'd, I'd have to call... I remember my first date, I had to call on one of those rotary phones Aww. and ask her out. Did you have to talk to her dad? No, thankfully she lived at home by herself. I lived with my parents. It then, took so. about 10 minutes to get those things going. <laughs> I know. Like, just like, oh, God. But, yes, yeah, so, look, there was an apology. Um, yeah, and, you know, look, there has been a spate of apologies for, for different events. And I think, um, you know, it, it is quite interesting when you get um, organisations in positions of power, whether or not it's state governments or, or police uh, going through a process of apology, because sometimes it can feel a little like window dressing. Yeah. And I think part of that process of, of doing... Uh, of of apologising is a form of engagement, is a form of atonement and is a form of kind of speaking truth about those events at the time. And I think sometimes, you know, that history is often contested and people don't like often bringing that up. You know, Mm. there's been certainly concerns around the 40th anniversary of Mardi Gras and how, you know, for one of the popular chants that was spoken was stop police attacks against gays, women's and black, Mm. gays, gays, women and blacks. You know, and that was really some of that solidarity politics that was around at the time. but there's been a bit of concern, in a sense, trying to... that That's not the situation necessarily for mm. some, maybe for others, in terms of the relationship with police now. So um, we should, some people say we shouldn't necessarily uh, kind of... Censor our history. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of both, I yeah. guess. I think there's a lot of people, from, especially the people of colour, who would argue that phrase is probably still relevant. So, yeah. yeah. And certainly for, you know, I've, I've, I have trans younger and young, trans. Gender yes. difference. Yeah. And, you know, I think a, a, being in a situation uh, where, you know, we have a stronger community now, we have a broader community, um, but we have an incredibly diverse community. And sure, you know, I, I certainly know as a, as a white uh, cis male that, you know, if I'm walking down the streets in the city at night, I feel pretty safe. Uh, but that's certainly not the case for many others. Yeah. Well, we have got five more minutes to look at another one. So, Clayton, give us a really good question. Okay, we're going to... We're going to come a bit more modern now. And this is actually, I picked this one for this show. Um, Which state first allowed joint same-sex partner adoption? Oh, my God, I should know this. Victoria? No. (laughs) Uh, I was hoping you would know this one, but, you know. uh, I think it's a little further north. Who got a... No. No? Mm -hmm. This one surprised me too. Uh, Nick? Nick, do you know the answer to this Was it Tasmania? No. Oh. Western Australia? Yes. Oh, really? So Western Australia in 2002. Wow, that's a while ago, isn't it? It it was a little... Like, relatively, that's... Yeah, Yeah, 15 years. Mm. Well, looking at some of the family stuff, Mm. I mean, only last year, 2016, in Victoria, were we, you know, gay couples actually able to adopt. So, still... History's being made. History's being made. Nick, you know, in the three minutes that we've got, if there was... I mean, we've talked about some really big events that most people are quite familiar with. Are there any little kind of nuggets that you go, this actually really... This personal, this event really made a difference and we wish more people would know about it? Oh, sure. Look, I think, you know, there is certainly a huge number to to choose from. Yeah. Um, 
I think, you know, one of the things that I I find quite interesting is the period prior to gay liberation, during the camp period. Um, Melbourne has uh, the oldest ongoing social uh, gay social club or camp club, which was started uh, in May 1959, the Boilers. Um, and I think looking at the kind of uh, the formation of community, the social clubs from the late 50s and, and into the 60s were really important. Um, the Boilers did a lot of the camp balls and, and events like the Miss Peninsula. And that period people aren't as familiar with and and I guess the development of of community during that time I I find really um, inspirational and you know being able to to build community at a time when you know things were very uh, much more illegal and underground. Nick can I ask a question about the archives if you um, were going to steal one (laughs) thing from the archives like what is your very favorite piece that you've ever come across in there? Oh there are so many um Oh, look, Nick's not going to steal piece? it, by the way. If I'm not going to steal. But <laughs> look, there are some really fascinating objects. Nick's not in, allowed to do in the collection. Now. One of my favourite objects is a leather jacket. It's a punk leather jacket, uh, donated by uh, Marcus Bunyan, Doctor Marcus Bunyan, and it um, it's super kitted out. You know, it's got the studs, it's got the pink triangle patch, and it's got this beautiful Gorgeous. artwork on the back patch. Um, and it's a really stunning object. So we have uh, from objects to archives to books to libraries. We've got have you tried it on? Um, I haven't actually. <laughs> I just admire it from afar, and it's in its beautiful acid-free box. You know what? We're going to run to the ads really early because we want to keep you right to the end of the hour. You're listening to Family Matters on Joy ninety four point nine. We talk so much during the breaks, but you are listening to Family Matters on Joy ninety four point nine. I was distracted by myself and, on that. And, and, and the reason I'm wrapping up is because we d- we've got five minutes, and we're loving having Nick. In fact, I want to have you on again. Um, but yes, Clayton, have we got another question? I've got one more family question which is why I want to throw it out there. Okay, family's the wrong word, but it's kind of children-related. I'm not getting this right. You'll get get what I mean in a second. Um, Which state was the first to equalise age of consent? Ooh. Can I say South Australia again? Mm, You can. You'd be wrong, but but you can, yeah. Okay. Not sure. Nick? Testing him. (gasps) Oh! Oh, think of no, face. Oh, Nick doesn't so, People don't know I'm a sex ed teacher, so like this hey, is like my yes. sort of question. This is so, your bread yeah. and butter, so to speak. Mm. You're a, you're the a... No. Actually, it was Victoria this time. Wow. So, and in 1981. So, that's pretty decent, I have to say. What was the year? 1981. 81. Yeah. 81 people. This so is not this was, it that came long in with ago. which um, I think was enacted in December 1980 and then oh, okay. uh, became active in January 1981. I and was born in January 1981. Fun I, fact. And I would recommend people, when we're talking about these, also it is so easy to go to the archives, look up information, but also looking at things like the gay panic defence. It was not that far long ago and... Is it in all states now? Have we removed it from all states? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm someone who always wants to know more about our own history. And I mentioned to you when I was first coming out and reading books, I couldn't find anything on Australian history. Nick, if people want to know more and get active with the archives, what can they do? Sure. Well, look, there's there's some fantastic books. And yes, they can be a bit hard to find. Um, you know, often they're produced in small print runs and, and many of them aren't really available necessarily for schools. So we have a number on our website um, that are for sale. So you can jump onto alga.org.au and you can find the little shop at the top. Awesome. Um, some of our books are also available through places like Hairs and Hyenas uh, in Melbourne or the bookshop Darlinghurst in Sydney. But there's more of, of our own Australian history that 
than there was I know when I was looking 20 okay I'm going to show my age I'm not okay <laughs> yeah look absolutely there's, there's a lot there's a lot more online and you can find out some of those through both through our website and through um, our Facebook page we push a lot of content out through there our Facebook great page great content on your Facebook page that's when I first fell in love with you Nick yes a lesbian has fallen <laughs> in love um, with Nick there's also some fantastic online exhibitions and resources so we've done a couple recently with Culture Victoria yeah. uh, so um, Out of the Closets Into the Streets which has a fantastic documentary yes. online exhibition and Dalswood Stories, which has some curriculum content. Um, and we've also been pushing out uh, different online exhibitions in different spaces. So, But it is volunteer run. So can people join and be members and support? How can people support? Because it is volunteers going through all those things, digitising those things. They don't happen automatically. It needs people, it needs hands. It does. And often often it is really the simple process of putting putting a new object into a folder, um, yeah. an asset-free folder, um, <laughs> in, and into its so right place. Proper. Oh, it is, very much so. And metadata, cataloguing. Um, but there is all of that, that work that goes on behind the scenes. So yeah. um, we've just in the process of relocating this week and uh, we'll be in the same location as as Victorian AIDS Council, who's provided us free space for the oh, past 20 years, you, and they're pretty amazing. Bless that. Uh, before yeah. we move into the Victorian Pride Centre, where we hope to have a permanent exhibition, uh, awesome. which is pretty exciting. Um, but you can volunteer. Just contact us, a mail, M-A-I-L, at alga.org.au. Um, and kind of, uh, we also do some off-site volunteering as well uh, around oral history, uh, transcribing, indexing. Um, if you want to become a member, please, please do. We are, as you said, uh, entirely volunteer-run yes. and supported, um, and it's uh, $20 per year or five dollars if it. you're um a student <gasps> or low income amazing that's it. Yeah. like that is so cheap that's yeah. like you know if you get a library fine it's more than that and it's so important it's such an important thing to keep going what's so- a library I want to throw it there. I reckon we need a Ben TV series from the uh, oh, yes. Gaylands yeah. Archive. Just to oh, we've popped on once or twice, and we okay. do actually have some amazing Ben TV holdings in the archive. Oh, nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I yeah, and that's the thing. We need to put up your membership first, Nick. We'll talk off air. <laughs> but um, people, look, well, we've just experienced history in the making. Is there anything in the last minute that you guys want from the population that have been involved in this? Can we send you anything? Thing. Oh, please do. So if you go onto our website, you'll find our post, uh, postal uh, address. Um, but, you know, we're, we're after and we're trying to document the marriage equality uh, movement, particularly the survey period, which has produced so much. So even if it's anything from a marriage equality beer through to a, a fantastic placard that you've uh, taken to a protest, some photos that you've taken. Um, oh, you, histories or anything like that look, that people absolutely. have recorded. We'll be, doing, we'll be doing some more of those afterwards as well, just about that experience. It could be notes. Um, it's also negative material. So we're yeah. also collecting material from, mm. uh, the you know, anti-community uh, materials. So if you do have those, if you receive those, um, please send those in as well. I've got a lot of VAC Yes badges because I kept stealing them. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want those, they're yours. This, I'm, I can't believe we only get an hour for this. We might just have to steal you back another time. But Nikki, thank you so yeah, thanks, much me. for your time. I'm going to definitely go onto your website. I'm going to become a member. I'm going to do the history walk tours that are on at Midsummer. Please do more of them Nerd throughout alert. the year. Oh, my God, there's so much. I'm going to take you back. Okay. You're coming with me. You've been listening to Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. Good night, everyone. Good night. Yes, first. Woof, great news. Australia voted yes. Here's the wards. You've been listening to Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au.
a proud Joy sponsor for over five years. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.